Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. So we are beginning uh, the run to, to Easter this year, and we want to, to connect the dots in your life in a way that is more real and more fresh, perhaps, than they've ever been connected before. The simple truth is we're, we're just going to deal with some things that are just obvious and yet distant for some of us. They're just basic and foundational, and yet for many of us, they haven't yet been life-changing. So we're going to talk about why the incarnation matters, why the death of Jesus matters, why the resurrection really matters, and, and not only why it matters in some, some big, huge, uh, world-changing sense, which it does, but why it matters to me. This word incarnation uh, is a big word. It's, it, by the way, you know, doesn't have anything to do with flowers or anything like that, you know. Um, but it is a word that talks about the, the wonder of God becoming one of us and of God becoming broken with us, an infinite God who would become broken with us. In all of the other world's religions, uh, there is people imagining, you know, the, the need to reach up to God through their own efforts, through their own wisdom, through their own self-denial, but it really is a bunch of arrows reaching up. Only in Christianity is there the claim that the infinite God, the one who began life and will bring all things to fulfillment and restoration, that he became human, that he occupied flesh, that he was, in short, broken with us. And the reason this matters is because it answers the question, am I alone in a God-forsaken world? Not everybody here um, is in the same place, of course. And the truth is that we're all over the map spiritually. Some of us here, have, have, are, we're not yet followers of Christ. We haven't really ever, um, you know, perhaps even understood the, the basic stepping stones to faith or, or, or maybe we understand some things but we just have some objections. And, and so some of you are here and, and you're just not there yet in terms of your willingness to cross the starting line of faith and believe in Jesus. And I just want to say thank you for being here and thank you for, for being open um, to, to seek truth. And there are many of the rest of you here who, who have started your journey of faith. But the truth is that you and I need to connect the dots to the reality of the incarnation as well. Because it's not just the atheist or the agnostic who lives in a God-less or a God-forsaken world. It's far too many of us who claim to believe and yet we act as though our God were absent. If we live in a God-forsaken world, um, then, then our experience of the world is going to be, you know, is going to be a, a God-forsaken experience. It's going to be an experience of, of aloneness, of abandonment. It's going to be an experience of, of self-centeredness because, you know, it's up to us. But what if? 
What if God really did become a human being? And, and what if there really is an answer for the reason to the brokenness in the world? And what if the, the reason for the evil and the brokenness in the world isn't the absence of God, but what if it is a part of the plan of God? And what if our greatest call in life is to trust the love that became flesh and to, to let God put all the pieces of the puzzle together, to let God connect all the dots? And we're going to talk a little bit more about how God can be present and yet there still be evil and brokenness in the world. How God can love and yet we still have hard things in our lives. But the truth is, I don't really need to, to make up stories for you. You have your own story. And in fact, you're surrounded by the stories of, of this kind of a struggle to believe that a good, good father is really with us in the midst of the pain and the hard and the broken. Let's take a look. So, do we live in a God-forsaken world? It feels like that sometimes. But today I pray that we can lay a foundation to help you connect the dots, to put some things together, to give you a framework uh, to be able to accurately interpret life in the way that really is life and, and, and not a part of a, of a grand, elaborate lie. You see, the truth is um, that there's this reality that is the, the core of the Bible in that, that God actually became a human being. So, so two things. As, as Pastor Ron uh, Willoughby says when, when he's preached for us, uh, the most important thing I can tell you about Jesus is that he is the Son of God. John 1 makes it very, very clear. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made. Now pay attention to that. I'm going to give you a framework in just a, a minute as we talk about uh, creation and the fall, redemption and restoration. But through him all things were made. And without him nothing that has been made uh, was made. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh, the infinite uh, in, in, you know, inhabited time and, and became just like us, broken with us. And he made his dwelling with us. God chose to not stay distant in heaven, but to come and to live with us on earth, to be with us. And with is the key word of this morning's message. You need to remember with. Because the reality is, is that we have to make a choice of what we're going to do with this Jesus. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The beginning Christmas story, we all know this story, but do we really understand um, its impact? In, in Matthew 1, the scripture tells us, the Christmas story, all this took place to fulfill what the prophet had said, that the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Oh, Pastor Drew, I know that. No, you don't. No, Pastor Drew, I really know that. No, you don't. That he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. God not with the deserving, God not with the, the unbroken, God not with the, the great, God with us. In real time, in real life, God with us, not against us. God not hurling our sin in our face, God not destroying us as our sins deserve, God not mocking our brokenness, God just with us. And some people will, will, you know, this is the kind of the hinge point of, of the Jesus story. And a lot of people, um, as Islam does, they will co-opt Jesus, but they will, they will de-deify him. He's not God. He's a teacher. 
Well, here's a suggestion. Don't follow teachers who lie. Because Jesus claimed to be the very Son of God, the incarnation of God. And certainly all the early believers believed that. In Mark 1, the, the Mark starts off verse 1 of his gospel story saying, this is the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus was asked point blank by, by the, the chief priests and the elders of the law in Matthew 26. The high priest said, I charge you under the living God, tell us if you are the Son of God. And Jesus said this, no ambiguity Yes, it is as you say. This is what got him crucified. These words claiming to be God in flesh were just so offensive and unfamiliar with, with, with the, the Jews that he was with. And, and, and Jesus went on to say, I say to, to all of you this, that basically not only do you see me now as this, the Son, the incarnation of God, but you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and shouted, Blasphemy! Do we need to hear anything else? And the people around said, No, he's worthy of death. This outrageous claim that the, the God of, of the infinite mystery of the universe had skin, had a face, had a voice, that this God of, of infinite time and power and majesty became one of us is the central claim of all of the scriptures. And you and I need to decide what we believe about the incarnation and what it means. And, and we need to connect some dots. Let me, let me give you a big picture framework for the next uh, few weeks, okay? And, and here's how we can connect the dots and, and, and make the reality of a God who loves us um, understandable in, in a world that breaks us. Um, to, to make understandable how God could be with us and yet hard things, bad things, loss still happens and yet God is still with us. How's that possible? Well, in the beginning, the Bible frames life to tell us that, that, that God really did create us. In the beginning was the Word, the, the, the Scripture says in John. In Genesis 1, the Scripture says that, that in the beginning, at the head of all things in Hebrew, uh, God created uh, the heavens and the earth, um, that, that everything was without form and that God brought it into being. Now, now, don't get tripped up on the fact of, of how this happened, because I don't know. And the simple truth is, you don't either. We arrogant Christians are always missing God, just like, just like the, the, the Jews did, because we think we know more than we know. And, and we're not just going to sit in mystery with a little bit of humility and say, God, you're infinitely more complex, infinitely wiser. My three pounds of gray matter will never be able to, to wrap around all of your, your infinite bigness. Doesn't mean I'm not going to use my mind. It just means I'm not going to pretend that God will fit in it. Jesus, for instance, said, destroy this temple and in three days I, I, will, I will build it. Well, you know, everybody arrogantly around said, oh, I know exactly what he's talking about. No, you didn't. He wasn't talking about stones. He was, he was talking about the temple of his body. And, and the referent they got wrong, and I'm convinced we do the same thing, is we try time and again to fit God into our, our current understanding of science. And the simple truth is, in 100 years, our understanding will be different. God created the heavens and the earth, and you were created by him. So, so then we have the fall, and, and the fall is more than just some mythical story of, of two people in a garden with fig leaves. It's the story of us all. 
It's the story of a God who in the beginning created life good and joyful and purposeful and with him every day Adam walked in the garden in the cool of the day with God himself. But we looked around and we, thank you Ben, and we wanted more, we wanted other, we, we wanted us and so we chose our own way and in choosing our own way we set off a mushroom cloud uh, over all of humanity. Everything was shattered. Everything was broken. We, we, we caught the virus of sin. We got soul cancer. Um, we hated God. We hated each other. We hated ourselves. And we've been trying to work our way out of this brokenness since, and, and we can't. Death came into the world. Death came into your world. And you know deep down inside of you, you know that there, that there is the possibility of more than we have. And you know deep down inside of you that everything around you is broken. And the scripture tells us that, that what was broken in the beginning is going to be restored in the end. And the way that's going to happen is through the redemption. We're going to unpack all this in the next couple of weeks. But in, in the fall... You were alienated from God and you were even alienated from yourself and all your best efforts to, to connect will never succeed without God. It just never is going to work. Um, more sex, uh, more money, uh, more position, nothing, nothing, nothing will ever connect the dots for you and make life work and whole. But God loved and so he, he sent his one and only son, Jesus. God him, God became a broken human being, sinless, but broken on the cross for us to be with us, to redeem us, to save us. And, and here's where the choice has to be made at this redemption level, this redemption story. You have to make a choice to, to see your need and your sin and accept the Redeemer, Jesus, or to reject him. And if you accept him, then, then God's redeeming love and power will come to live in your life and, and he will begin restoring and, and then he will lead you to the ultimate restoration of all of life as it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. And, and that is the picture of heaven. The other path uh, of not needing a, a redeemer, not needing a savior is the path to eternal ruin and eternal loss and, and the scripture calls this hell. So let me just say this, the incarnation matters because you were created in love for relationship. You are not junk, you are not a mistake. Uh, I, I have known uh, people who are, who are victims of rape and wondered, should I even be here? Listen, you were created out of the Father's heart on purpose. You were imagined before time ever began and God created you and loved you. You are wanted and God considers you worth knowing. Psalm 139.14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And so David was able to, to say, not I'm all that in a bag of chips, but God, you are so great that I can see the truth that you made me on purpose. Guys, I'm telling you, in, 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 in sin and brokenness, we, we are alienated from ourselves. We, we have soul cancer. We even hate ourselves. But when you understand the beauty of what God did in creation, you understand that, that you really were created 
and bear the image of an infinite God. But the truth is, everything's broken beyond your repair. And that's the fall. No matter how much you and I might try to deny our brokenness or, or to, to push away our need for God, here's, here's the simple reality. Um, we're, we're all badly, badly broken. And, and even if you're here today as an agnostic, agnostic or an atheist, would you deny the reality that you don't live up even to your own ideals? I mean, no, no hands raised here, but how many of us here have decided we're going to get in shape? We're going to lose weight. We're going to learn Spanish. You know, uh, we're going to go to college. We're going to write a book. We're going to do something that would be better. And then what happens? Life. The gravity of life and somehow that remote. You know, so you've got a choice between doing something that would really improve your life. But somehow that remote just seems so attractive. And so we binge watch one more season of fill in the blank, you know. <laughs> and afterwards, we just kind of, you know, just sort of give up a little bit more, you know, believing that we can become anything more. Everything's broken beyond our repair. Isaiah 64, 6 talks about this reality. The scripture says we are all infected and impure with sin. It's kind of like having HIV untreated. You can have the virus and look fine, but the truth is untreated, you're dead. And you can deny it, you can pretend it's not there because you don't see it with your eyes, but that does not uh, change the reality of what's going on in the deepest parts of, of the cells of your body. And in the same way, we are all infected and impure with sin. And when we try to pretend like we're not sinful and we're not broken, the scripture says when we display our righteous deeds, they're nothing but filthy rags. And I love the, the, the way that Isaiah 64, 6 the, the last phrase describes life like autumn leaves that can't push time out anymore, that can't keep things warm anymore, that can't make the sun last in the sky any longer. We have no power over the world around us like autumn leaves. We wither and we fall. And our sins sweep us away like the wind. In spite of our best intentions, we cannot overcome the reality of sin. But God offers redemption. Don't let the word re re redeem scare you. Um, the word redeem simply means to buy back. In the Old Testament, there's this concept of a goel, a kinsman redeemer. And there was no declaring bankruptcy in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, as we saw with our, our story of, of the oil in 2 Kings 4, when you were in debt, you were either sold into slavery or put into prison usually sold into slavery. Now the trouble with paying your debts off as a strategy, as a slave is, you don't get paid. <laughs> and the truth is, your life is lost, your wife is lost, your children is lost, and your future is lost. They will forever be slaves, unless someone intervenes. And the concept of a goel or a kinsman redeemer would be someone who loves you, who intercedes, someone who, who comes back into your life and buys you back out of slavery at great cost to themselves and sets you free. And the story of Jesus is that he actually 
is God who became flesh and who, who is our Redeemer. He died on the cross. We're going to talk about this. To pay for our sins and all of our brokenness and all of our shame and all of our unworthiness. He, he died and paid for it. It's as though we're all sealed up in that tomb. And now when the tomb is open, we, we're free. And so Job 19.25 says this, I know that my Redeemer lives and in the end he will stand upon the earth. Job is, is looking forward to the reality of someone who will, who will come and, and be with him and, and save him. I know that my Redeemer lives and, and he was right. He was forecasting Jesus. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the, but the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's redemption. We don't have to earn it, it's free. We don't have to, to pretend that we're good enough, we're not. We can just believe that, that, that we are here on planet earth not by accident in an empty universe but that we were created on purpose for relationship. We understand why evil exists in the world because everything's broken and beyond our repair. And we understand that, that in that brokenness, God intervened, that God at a point in time uh, became one of us. He walked our soil, breathed our air. He, he lived our lives. And the truth is that the God who is and was and is to come is a God who's changed all time because he came to live in time with us. And if Jesus Christ actually did come down, if God himself came down and lived with those first people in Jerusalem, and the story is true, then God lives with us now, and he will live with us forever. The truth is, if we admit our need and honestly trust Jesus, that God forgives and restores, making life right forever again. You and I live in in this time between when God created life and, and intended it to be perfect and whole and we live in this time where now everything is broken but we don't live in this broken time alone. We live in this broken time with a Savior. If you could just understand what it means that God is with you if you want him. If you and I could just understand what it means to, to know that, that God honestly is leading us to a time of, of eternal restoration, that it's going to be okay again. But we have to make a choice at the redemption. It's a fork in the road where we have to choose to say, yes, I admit I am broken, I acknowledge my need, or we say, no, I'm okay as I am, and I don't believe that anything like this really is true and the key word is honestly we have to honestly trust Jesus John 1 12 says this yet to all who received him who who believed uh, that that they were created um, you know on purpose as an act of love to all who believe that that sin has separated us and everything is broken to all who then believe that God loved us too much to leave us forever broken and alone to all who receive this, this, this truth, God gave the right to become children of God. Think of it. The very child of God invites us to become the very children of God. 
John 6, 47 says, I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. So guys, here's the deal. The incarnation, this fancy term, it matters. It changes everything. It changed my story from being the lonely child of an alcoholic, um, a neglected kid, um, you know, unknown and unseen by most of the adults in my world. I'm just this, this nobody, nothing little kid just bouncing from military base to military base. And, and there was God. And there was God saying, I want to be with you. And I had to make a choice. <laughs> Is there really a God? <laughs> Is there really a creator? I had to make a choice. Is everything really broken or, or is it okay, you know? And this Jesus, is he really real? Is he really the son of God or is he just some religious story that people make up to control other people? What is going on here? And in my own life, I came to this place to say, I truly believe that God became one of us and that he died for me and, and, and that he actually wants to be with me. The incarnation matters because God is really with you if you want him to be. And so, so think of it this way. If God came in time, one time, then he promised to be with us for all time. And nothing that is ahead of you in the future is for you to worry about because he will be there on time. And any future that you imagine, that you are fearful of, if you will look carefully into that future in your imagination, you will only be able to be afraid and fearful if you see no Jesus there. But if you think of the future and, and you imagine it and you see a Savior in the middle of it, if you see the creator of the universe firmly in your future, if you see a redeemer there who is at work in your present and who, who was alive in the past, but you see him firmly there to redeem all things in the future, to restore all things together, you can't be afraid. It changes everything. Some of you here are lonely and angry and uncertain of the future. You don't know what next is all about. The Savior is with you if you want him to be. Imagine having God Almighty in the seat of your car. Imagine having the God of the universe at home to help you navigate the relational difficulties of one broken human being loving another human being and then raising little short human beings that are growing up and thinking they know more than you. Imagine having God himself lovingly being with you and for you every step of the way. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I am Yahweh, I am the I am, your God, your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not be afraid, I myself will be with you. Church of the living God, how can we be afraid 
How can we be intimidated to not reach our world? How can we be silent about this joyful message if we truly believe that God Almighty is with us? In the restoration at the end of all things, the scripture says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had passed away. The scripture goes on to say that I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men. That's all God wants is to be with. And he will live with them. And they will be his people and God himself will be with them. He who is and was and is to come, it's all about being with He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, for the old order has passed away. Behold, I am making everything new. Restoration is coming. But until then, the issue is redemption and the incarnation. What will you do with this Jesus? Today, I'm gonna ask you, and in the next two weeks, I'm gonna ask you if you would be willing to accept Jesus Christ as your Redeemer, your Savior, the answer to your broken. There's going to be people right up here at the front, and we would love to pray with you and help you to start that that race. Start at the finish line. I'm going to ask you to stand right now, and I'm going to I'm going to pray a prayer um, for those of you who are at the starting line. But I, I want the rest of us to understand that so many of us here are discouraged. And so many of us here are living lives way below the line because we do not believe God is with us. We feel abandoned and rejected. We feel disheartened and discouraged. But if you only knew that the Lord God himself, Jesus Christ, Messiah, Son of God, was with you, (laughs) everything would change. And I'm gonna ask you today to believe in the story of the incarnation. So bow your heads, please. If you've never accepted Jesus, I would just ask you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I commit my life to you and freely invite you in. I admit that I have sinned And then I am broken. And I believe that you forgive and make whole. Jesus, take control of my life. Now, without looking up, if you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer today, then I I want you to, to fill out that card that's on your seat and I want you to tell somebody, be bold and tell somebody. Let them know. Today, if you're here and and you're a believer and you're discouraged, I I would just ask you to to pray a, a prayer simple as this. Dear Lord Jesus, open my eyes to see that you are with me and to live my life in the power and the grace and the joy of your presence, knowing that whatever I face in the future ahead, you are there and will lead me home. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to respond to the the gift of your Son as you would have us to, as all God's people say, amen. 
Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.